down. So I have to turn the thing up there. There was a schmooze that I gave Shabbos Kisisa here in Shul. And um, a number of people called after Shabbos and then on Sunday last week asking if it's possible for this to be taught in a way that could be recorded for other people. Because it's very much the sugi that we're doing. And... I know that many of the chavra that are here were there at that time and going to be a little bit of a chazara, so I apologize. But we have very short-term memory for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I found that chazara is, is a good thing. Chazara is a good thing. Right? Chazara is a good thing. I know I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what precipitated that schmooze was a very heartbreaking conversation, which I mentioned when I gave the drosha, that I walked into Mincha very very, very broken and very, it's, I'd love to come to Mincha Shabbos, you know, to say how do in the, in the right frame of mind, but I was very broken because of a conversation that I had Mamish 15, 20 minutes as I was just getting ready to come to Shul for <coughs> Mincha Shabbos, Arab Shabbos, with a, with a family from outside the community, not, not anywhere near here actually, further away up in Muncie. And the situation of very, very good people very, very fine people. I only know them a little bit from years ago. Very fine people who have Kanainahar, a large family, and are having <laughs> tremendous difficulties with one of the children. Smaller difficulties with a couple of the other kids, but very, very big difficulties with one of the kids. And, uh, and it came to a breaking point, and, and they decided that they're not going to let him stay anymore. He can't be there. On Shabbos, they want him back, and they were telling him to leave. And they called just to check in to see if this was a if I felt this was a good decision. So I came to Mincha Friday <coughs> evening from that conversation, and as I often do, the conversations that I have and the things that I'm thinking about and going through, I then share with you, talk to you about it, and put, try to put it into the framework into the misgeras of, of learning. That's what Jews we try to do. So if Hashem brought down such an Indian night before Shabbos, so I felt that I should talk to you about that Shabbos because I was thinking about it. And afterwards I wrote down some of the things that I was thinking about. After Shabbos I wrote it down. So I, so I wanted to share it with Chava beyond the beyond the Dalat Amas of Arvis Medrash. And I was asked to do that, so it was a sermon from Shemayim. That, that it's the Ratzon Hashem to do this. So, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai. Vayifan Yerid Moshe Menahar Ushnei Luchais Ha'edus Biyado And Moshe Rabbeinu was carrying in his arms everything that he ever dreamt of. All that he ever wanted in life he was carrying in his arms, right? The Luchas Ha'edus. The Luchas Hamaisil, the Kim says in Pesach, 
handwritten and scribed, signed by the Creator Himself. And Moshe Rabbeinu understood that what he was holding in his arms, in his hands, was what all of creation was, was waiting for. Since Bereshus Bar Lakim and really from before, it was a tachlis of all that was created and all that exists was in his hands. And what happened to happen, and Moshe Rabbeinu was so excited, we can't be massive how Moshe Rabbeinu felt, what he was feeling. And Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain, after something is not going right, something <coughs> is not right. Until finally, with his own eyes, and he saw the Egel Azav, and he saw the he saw the uh, dancing, and he saw the Cheta uh, Egel. So, at that moment, at that moment, Moshe Rabbeinu was living through the most horrible stira. Something that, again, we can't imagine. On the one hand, on the one hand, on the one hand, we're talking about the Bani Shalom's children. And Hashem Yisbach says about his children, He didn't say this about any other people in the world. Just about us. You're my children. You're the creator of all worlds, but you're my children. And I have to ask him, and I love you, and I adore you. And this Rebbe who's our father and loves us, gave us a Torah. He didn't give that to any other nation of the world. He gave us the Torah. And the purpose of him giving us this Torah is that we should be able to know him and to be misdabek, to be attached to him and to live with him. And now it's just 40 days later, 40 days after Anochi Hashem Lakecha, 40 days after this whole big chuppah, chasna, birth, whatever you want to call it, and it's just 40 days later, 40 days after hearing the words, Lo that there can't be any other God in your life, there can't be anything else, there's no other truth, that's the only truth. 40 days after hearing in the Sesedibus Lasasach Pesel Tamuna, called Tamuna, not to make any images, to make any idols, and Moshe Benna sees Nagel Azar. Moshe Benna, when he saw that, he didn't know any of the Pshat Lakhulis. He just saw Nagel Azar. He saw a golden cat. So, Mitzad Echad. Let's try to understand as much as a human being can as human beings can understand. So Mitzat Echad, Moshevin is holding in his hands, Maiselakim, Mikhtavilakim, right? The Luchas. The Tachlis of all creation. Not just the Tachlis of creation, but the Tachlis of his own life. Why he was created. Zikhu Taras Maish, the last Navuda we have, Biad Malachi. 
from the last of the Nevi'im is Zichru Taras Moshe Avdi. Remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant. The Torah is called Taras Moshe. Taras Sival and Moshe Moshe Gilad. The Torah is Taras Moshe. Zichru Taras Moshe Avdi. When he was born, the house was filled with light. It wasn't a matter of, of his personal beauty or charm or greatness. It was Moshe Rabbeinu was, was created to be our Rabbi, to receive the Torah. And the Torah is Or. Near Mitzvah Torah Or. And Moshe Rabbeinu's light was, face was shining with that light of the Torah that he was going to receive in Sinai. And that's the tachlis of his existence. So on the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu had a cheshben that this Torah that I'm holding on to, these luchas ha'edus that are representative of the entire Torah, and this whole project and plan of Kajabaruchu in the world, and my very purpose for being in this world, I want very much, Moshe Rabbeinu wants very, very much for this to, to take place. For this to work out, and Moshe Benu loves the Torah and lives for the Torah. That's his whole existence. On the other hand, on the other hand, Moshe Benu, of course, is the Raya Mehimna, Haroeh Neeman. He is the faithful shepherd of the Jewish people, who loves us and is worried about us and takes care of us. So this was this theory. This was the question at that moment. Again, if we're permitted to even try to imagine this. But only because we see from Chazal on the Svarim. The question at that moment was, I could hold on to, this, to the Torah. I could preserve the Torah. I'll put it into an Aaron, and I'll keep it with me. Clearly, the, the original plan is not working out. This would mean, as Hashem Baruch offered to Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem Baruch made an offer to Moshe Rabbeinu. The offer was the Torah, the Torah will remain. The Jewish people will not remain. That's the foul. They blew it. But I'll build a new people from you. We'll start again. And the day will come where you'll be able to dust off the luchas and to take them out of the uh, box you're putting them in. And we'll start again. We'll do something different. <clears throat> plan B. Because plan A didn't work out. There are a bunch of ingrates. They're dancing around in Eglazov. So Moshe Mino's question at that moment was, What's more important? To, to frame it this way is a little bit shocking, but really the question is, what's more important, the Torah or the Jewish people? <coughs> my career? I'm not just talking about a career. It's not a profession. My existence. The existence of the world, of the universe. The Torah. And that's Torah's Moshe. Or do I do something, somehow, in some way, to rescue the Jewish people? To somehow salvage 
their existence. And in this, Rashi brings a marshal from Chazal. Rashi brings a marshal. Just paraphrasing the marshal, everybody learns Chumash Rashi, so you know. That Rashi brings a marshal of a king who fell in love with a woman and wanted to marry her and gave her ksuba. I mean, again, how it works out halachically, what the ksuba means in the marshal is not the same as it means by our chasmas, but there was a commitment in writing a ksuba. And this ksuba would create the status of uh, her being connected to him. In the meantime, the king hears a shmura, bad things that his kala was up to mischief, was not behaving. <coughs> so, the shoshven, the shushven, the shadchan, makes a dis- makes a decision to do something which seems crazy, marriage. <coughs> he tears up the ksuba. That's what Rashi brings down. He tears up, <coughs> he tears up the ksuba. In this way, by tearing the ksuba, he's able to save the kala. Again, the technicalities of how that works out is not for now. But he tears up the shadchan, tears up the ksuba, and doing so saves the kala. Because if there's no ksuba, then they're not in that relationship. And the kala can go on. The kala can survive. And we'll see what can be done to, if it's possible to repair the relationship in the future. So Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Rashi's marshal, Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, is the shadchan, or the one that's mediating, so to speak. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. Mitzad Echad is the Torah. Mitzad Echad is the Torah. Mitzad Sheni, there's Am That's what Rashi's saying. There's the Torah, there's the Ratzon Hashem, there's the dream, the vision, the plan. All of that is contained in the Luchos, the Luchos, the Moshe is now holding in his arms. On the other hand, there's Am Yisrael. Now the Luchos are the Ksuba, that's the Moshe. If the Luchos are going to be put on the side and kept for the future, it will be for different people. Because the chavah that's dancing down below, they're all going to get killed. That's finished. That's what I'm saying. That, that's done. Avi Yisrael and Yaakov, that whole project is finished. So that moment of truth, <coughs> and that moment of truth, Moshe Beno heaves the luchos off the mountain. I was so used to that picture of Moshe Rabbeinu dropping the luchas or throwing them down, it doesn't even bother us anymore. Like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal to throw a couple of tablets off the mountain? Moshe Rabbeinu, this was Teres Moshe. This was the Tikkun of all worlds. This was the, this was, he, underst- he understood what this was. And Moshe Rabbeinu made that decision to tear up the Ksuba. That's what Rashi says. Moshe Rabbeinu made the decision to tear the ksuba up. And he's, the ksuba, he tore it, he ripped it 
uh, broken into a million pieces in the bottom. And then Moshe Benoit begins by Yichal Moshe. By Yichal Moshe, the daven, the daven, the daven. The Gemara says in Brachos, by Yichal Moshe, he made himself sick. He brought himself to the point of death to cry out to beg to Hashem. He brought down from Shemaim the 13 meters for who? The Midas That was the decision. Listen to how the Svasemis how the Svasemis says this. In Tafresh Reish Lamezayin Kisisa V'ahoyi b'koyche l'hachzik ha-Torah could have kept up with the Torah. He could, have, he could have held on to the Torah. And he could, let, he could have let go of the Jewish people. He could have held on to the Torah. Hashem would have taken away the Jews. And something would have started a different thing with Moshe Rabbeinu. Plan B. Svasemis writes, K'moshe Malach HaKadosh Baruch Ve'esa oscha l'goy Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I will build from you a great nation. Ach kimosar na'avsho babu b'nei Yisrael. But Moshe Rabbeinu remained at that moment of truth. Biraya mehimna the loyal shepherd, the faithful shepherd, Moshe Nafshababu B'nai Yisrael, and he was Moshe Nefesh, Babu B'nai Yisrael, for B'nai Yisrael, V'loi Rotsa Lifreit Atzma Mihem, he wouldn't do anything that would take him apart from the people. He didn't remain on the top of the mountain, with his luchos putting them into a fancy arm, or something, into a box. He threw them off the mountain and he ran down to the to the island. Kimosa nafsha baba b'nei Yisrael v'leirotz elifrat atzumihem. Moshe said, "If they're going down, I'm going down with them. I'm not separating myself from them. I'm not separating." By the zeshechibra atzumihem, which is of course what really Hashem's brother wanted him to do. Hashem didn't tell him that. That was Moshe decision. And through this, that he attached himself to Bnei Yisrael, he didn't separate from Bnei Yisrael. He didn't, he didn't throw Bnei Yisrael out of the house for Shabbos. These are the words of our service. Listen to the words. That the Jewish people were more beloved to him than the Torah. Because Moshe Benu intuited, even Hashem didn't tell him, Moshe Benu intuited the Ratzon of Hashem. That the Jewish people are more beloved to Hashem than anything else, including the Torah. Therefore, Moshe Benu decided to break the Luchas. In this context of this decision, the Lubavitcher Rebbe in Chelik Lamedalad and Zaysa Bracha, Lukudesichus Lamedalad Zaysa Bracha, so he brings down from the Tanah Develio, in the Tanah Develio Rabbe, in Perak Yudalad, it's brought that Elio Anavi was asked, Ma Kaidim Lama. Elio Anavi was asked, What comes first? 
Does the Torah come before Am Yisrael? Does Am Yisrael come before the Torah? Now there are sugis and shas dealing with horrible questions of Kadima that unfortunately had to be applied over the years of our difficult history. If, God forbid, someone's the son is drowning, a daughter is drowning, a rabbi is drowning, a parent is drowning, father, mother, and so on, there are halachas of Kadima and Harvius in the sugi and the, the Gemara. But here the question that Elianavi was asked was who has the Mishpat HaKedima? The Torah? What's first? What's primary? Is it the Torah or is it Am Yisrael? So Elianavi says that people are Regil and Loyma, people are in the habit of saying they assume that the Torah is Kedemus, that the Torah comes first. But Elianavi says, however, I'm telling you that Yisrael is Kedemus. That the tachlis of the creation of all worlds is not the Torah. The tachlis of creation of all worlds is Yisrael, Hashem's children. And only that his children should know how to live in this world, and how to conduct themselves, and how to become connected to him. Did the Rabbanishlam give the Torah to Am Yisrael? But Am Yisrael comes first. The Torah is for the children. Not that the children are for the Torah, for the Torah the tar is for the children. Now what that means, again, a person can take a leap of that, God forbid, in the wrong way in halach. So what does that mean? We have a Shulchan Aruch and we have Paskim, of course. The Torah, this sugi at the beginning of Shabbos, is Ein Oymil Adam Chatei, We can't violate the Torah in order to prevent people, you know, to save a person from from his own mistakes and so on and how that works it's a long tesis there it's the very beginning in halacha I'm not talking here but often prati in a specific way of how this doesn't mean that you're allowed to permit driving on Shabbos that people should be able to daven because Hashem loves the children more than he loves the Torah but the Torah is for the children not the children are for the Torah not going into that but clearly what Elianovi is revealing is a certain mindset a certain way of looking at things, which is exactly where Moshe Rabbeinu was coming from. So now let's bring this back to the question that I got before Shabbos and put it into the context of, of our shiurim here so we can move forward into the taichen uh, of what we have to deal with. You have parents who are deeply, deeply connected to and love their child. <clears throat> they have a tremendous love for the child. The parents are the, the parents are that bechin of Rayim the faithful shepherd of the child. Since the kid is in the world, <clears throat> all they're doing with this child is protecting him and guarding him and teaching him. That's all they're doing. That's their whole life is given over to the kid. Like my Shabbat is the Rayim so the parents, the father, the mother, Rayamim, loyal shepherd. So mitzad echot, the parents adore the child. And their whole existence is for the child. And everything you do is for the child. Mitzad shegni. What's happened with this particular boy and many, many of the children in our generation, this one that I was talking to the parents, they're good people, is that 
at some point, for whatever reason, their son began to work on an Egel Azov, right? He made himself an Egel Azov. He built an Egel Azov. And he's having a good time. He's dancing around the Egel. And his dance, you know, sometimes he doesn't come, come home after dance at all. Sometimes he comes up at 3 o'clock in the morning after the dance. And he takes his Egel wherever he goes with him. And he is come to a point, as it was with this particular family, where he even flaunts it in a certain way. He comes home, and he decided not to wear his yarmulke in the house. In the beginning, he wore his yarmulke in the house. The parents asked him, please just be respectful. You are brothers and sisters. In the beginning, he wore his yarmulke in the house. Now he's not wearing his yarmulke in the house. In the beginning, he would not ever, ever show up in the middle of Shabbos leave in the middle of Shabbos. <clears throat> He's already moved past that and he is going away on Shabbos, comes back on Shabbos. The kids are the Egel Azov is being worshipped now in plain sight of his siblings. Obviously the parents are unbelievably, unbelievably broken and hurt beyond description. So on the one hand, there is this feeling that <clears throat> our responsibility, our main responsibility is to preserve the Torah. And our house was not made to be a place of Hill Shabbos. This house was not a place for a guy walking around without a yarmulke, or even for a guy that wants to bring his girlfriend home. Sometimes not even Jewish Hashem Yoachim. In this case, that wasn't it. That's not what our home is about. That's not what the Torah is about. So there is this intuitive, powerful feeling that no, we have to we have to hold on to the Luchas. We have to hold on to the Torah. Or as Tevye said, tradition. <laughs> we can't let go of it. And if we're going to compromise, what's it going to mean to the children? What's it going to mean to us? And so on. And it's going to also set a bad example for the boy. So that part of the parent, which is terribly, terribly painful, is saying, we're not take, separate, disengage. You can't come home. When you're ready to keep Shabbos, when you're ready to uphold the Torah that we're holding in our arms, and that we taught you, and we paid fortunes and tuition for you to learn, and you know means everything to us. And even though you know that it means everything to us, you're not ashamed to behave this way, to act this way, even in your own home. So there's that part of the parents that says, get out. Except it's not Torah for Jewish parents. And to leave the house, to go. But then hopefully at that last moment, when the parents are going to put the Torah in the oven in their house and keep everything beautiful and nice and everything should be sweet and simple and everything is holy and pure 
and they're, they're able to preserve the Torah at that last moment hopefully, hopefully the voice of Meishu Rabbeinu of Elionov will be heard and when Meishu Rabbeinu saw the Egel as much as everything inside of him is saying to hold on to the to hold on to the Luchas even if it means the destruction of the Jewish people <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu threw the luchos down. Moshe Rabbeinu let go of the luchos, he threw them down. The Psaki of Elionavi is that Yisrael, Yisrael is kaidim. The Svara of Moshe Rabbeinu of Elionavi, when you look in the Tanevelio, you see that the Svara is very, very straightforward, it's very simple. Since the Torah was created for the sake of the Jewish people, if Jews are not going to exist, then who's the Torah for? If our child is going to, if our child is going to leave, or if we're going to send him away, what tachlis? <coughs> what tachlis is there for the Torah? So Moshe Rabbeinu broke the luchites. And in breaking the Luchais, there's that hope at that moment that was born in Maishra Venus' heart for the possibility of there being Luchas Shniyas, a second set of Luchas. The possibility of there being a second set of Luchas. That after some painful tshuva, some changes, some work, whatever it's going to take, I'm not letting go of my child. I'm not sending my child away. Nechava, I didn't always speak this way myself because in the earlier years there was such a svara that sometimes it helped when you sent the child away. There was a svara like that. And there were also stories that we grew up with and we heard of of people when a, if a kid went off or if a kid went and married out that the parents would sit shiva, and so on, and sit shiva. And there was a time when, when that was a strategy to, to keep the child. And that was a strategy that, that sometimes worked. I don't know how often it worked, but it did work sometimes. <clears throat> but for whatever reason, it's not important to talk about it now. That just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. The only tachlis of ever doing that was that this way the kid's not going to go. I had a conversation with the Bacha last week in Yeshiva. The Bacha is a very, very wonderful guy. And he had a very hard upbringing. And he's dating, he's dating a girl very seriously. from Latin America, the Spanish girl, not Jewish. His parents are Balachuva. They do know about what's going on. He spoke to them, he brought them he brought the girl to meet to meet the parents. And he spoke to uh, some different rabbis that he knows and the Mahalach was 
Well, the message that he heard from the Mahalach was basically to destroy yourself. Now, it's a terrible, terrible problem. Of course, you can't marry somebody that's not Jewish. The question is, what do we do in all of these situations? And there's so many of them. And this is a young man that wants to do the right thing. Can he do the right thing? Is it possible? Are the parents open to the possibility? Is the best and open to the possibility that somehow, in some way, maybe, that this girl, Apialocha, can have a gayers, that she could be converted, even though traditionally we don't make such conversions based upon the Sugis and the Gemara. But there are chuvas that we have from recent years, not even so recent. We're much more lenient in this area. If the girl is separated from the boy maybe for a year and she goes away, there's a cell, and she learns and they don't communicate at all, and could there be a gayers? The bottom line is that nowadays to throw the kid out doesn't work. So the the choice that we are forced to make in many, many th situations now is a horrible one. Khalila, none of us should ever have to make such a decision. God forbid. But most of it have to make the Torah or my child. Again, I'm not speaking about going against halacha chas but to be careful with that with that knee-jerk reaction that parents often have, or a Rebbe could have, which is get out of here. This can't be. Or even with this fellow that's dating the. The, the Spanish girl, the non-Jewish girl, that get out of here, this can't be. What can we do within halacha? Is there a way to somehow rescue this, this child, to keep this child amongst us, not to throw him away? And it hurts because in a certain way you do have to throw the luchas off the mountain. For the parents to keep the child in the house, it means in a certain way, throwing the luchas down. It means talking to the other kids about their brother and trying to explain to them how we have to all together try to do whatever we can to keep your brother and our child here with us and that Hashem Isbach doesn't want to lose him. But mommy, daddy, he doesn't wear tits, he doesn't wear yarmulke. He, he comes on Shabbos. It's not allowed. You have to be careful. You have to remember who we are. But he's going through a hard time. And, the, and we're going to have to a little bit break the luchas right now in the house in order to be able to save your brother. And you know, at the end of the story... Again, I'm not saying a cloud. Every cloud, every situation has to be brought to the right people to be discussed, how to deal with it. There are situations, obviously, where it's impossible. Where it's impossible. That's clear. I'm not going into different stories, different scenarios. In this particular one, for months, they do not have to throw this kid out of the house. Not to throw him out. I find that most, 90%, 
It's not absolutely not the kind of the thing that that God forbid the kid should be thrown out. Not from the Shia, not from the yeshiva, not from the house. I had this conversation with a with a menahal of a very chashav yeshiva in New York last week. There was a boy that there was a boy that's being thrown out of the yeshiva, and I said to him, you know, I said if you would have these, if this yeshiva would be in Memphis or in St. Louis or it'd be, you know, in, in, the, in one of the smaller communities. So there's only one, there's only one show in town. There's only one yeshiva. What would you do with the boy if you were the, if you were the principal in the Hebrew day school, you know, in, 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 in Memphis? What would you do? Memphis had a big community. I don't know what's there now. I don't know what's going in Memphis these days. It's still a community. There's a high school. There's a high school. It's small. But there's one, right? Say that. It's a small community. So, what would you do if you were the principal in Memphis? <coughs> so he said, no, then there'd be no choice. So he said, so, why do you feel there's a choice? But he, said, but, he said to me, but there are choices here. I said, that's the situation that's talking about. That's the situation. The choice is to take the responsibility for this boy or not. That's the choice. Now again, sometimes it can't be that a boy should stay in yeshiva. There are situations like that, obviously. Mostly it's not like that. And if we'd be in some place out of town, so the town would feel an achrayist, whatever they would do. They would get they would get mentors, they would get tutors, they would get therapists. We'd have a special thing, we'd sit with the guy, the, the, the Rebbe would, 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 play, would play tennis with them three times a week, but we're not going to lose the kid. But in New York, it's the easiest thing in the world. There are 15 applicants waiting for that chair. 50 waiting for that chair. That's what he told me. He didn't tell me 50, he told me a lot. There are applicants waiting for that seat in the yeshiva. Just that, X. For the rest of his life, he's walking around with that, that he was that he was thrown out of the yeshiva. Doesn't make a difference. You have a lot of kids that could fill that chair. We're not living in Memphis. We're not living in... No, we're not, not, we're not living in New Orleans, wherever. There's some day school someplace. This is New York. I'm going to find another yeshiva. That, this is a yeshiva for Mitsuyana. <coughs> when I was in Yishnayim, I passed by a yeshiva that had a big sign about it that it's Mitsuyana. And all I know is there are like 12 guys outside smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess they were not the Mitsuyana, of the Mitsuyana. Maybe, maybe they're different regions of Mitsuyana. I'm not sure. Because I spoke to them. I see you guys from here. Yeah, standing outside, and it wasn't Ben Astarm. It was like ten thirty in the morning, <laughs> smoking outside. <clears throat> the end of the story is at the very, very last passing Chumash, because at the end of Chumash, the last thing is that there's the most beautiful hespit, the most beautiful hespit. Can you imagine Hashem's love gave a hespit for Moshe Rabbeinu? imagine if all the Maspidim would be as short as Hashem? <laughs> the Baruch says a Hespid. The Hespid is Asher Osa Moish Eleina Kal Yisrael. Kal Yad HaChazaka. Right? Asher Osa Moish Eleina Kal Yisrael. What does Rashi say over there? What did Moish do before the eyes of the Jewish people? No? He broke the Luchos. And what did Hashem's Baruch tell Moish Eleina? Yashar Kaychecha Shashibah. From all the Torah, 
I mean, a lot of Yashikarics that Hashem could have given Moshe Rabbeinu. Well, Hashem's book could have said such a hesped of Moshe Rabbeinu, there wouldn't have been a dry eye in the whole Am Yisrael. Which there, there wasn't. But Hashem's book could have said such a hesped of Moshe Rabbeinu. From the moment he came into the world, the house was filled with light. And he went out to his brothers. He could have stayed in the palace, right? He could have been, ra- he was raised in the palace. He could have stayed a prince in Mitzrayim. And he went out by Arbasif Loisam. By he went out to his brothers and he saw their suffering and he took up with them on mission. And all the Nisyonis that he went through, taking care of them in the mid, but all the stuff, all the things that he received the Torah and Hashem, could have, had the Barshan could have made such a, a hesped, it would, have, it would have been Mamish, the biggest, biggest hesped that it was ever given. The Moschosh of a hesped. The only thing that the Barshan said about the hesped of Maisha Rabbeinu, because he didn't want it to get mixed up with other things, was he said, Maisha, you did something. And I want to give you a shakayach. You didn't throw them out of the house. You didn't throw my children out. You didn't throw them out of yeshiva. It's the biggest hesitant from all of Moshe Rabbeinu's life. He could have said unto me that he knew every Rebbe Kivay against He knew every single Taisus and Hasha. He knew all of Bavli Yushalmi by heart. There's a lot to say about Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Moshe didn't give him anything about that stuff. The Moshe said one big Yashakach, Shashibarata. Not that you wrote Chashivas for Not that you have, you know, you scramble seven feet wide. <laughs> Not that you have Zashena Shtub and Zashena Yichas. None of that stuff. There's one thing that the Moshe said to Moshe Rabbeinu. That when it came to that moment of truth, my children came before your dreams of Taurus Moshe. That that moment of truth, the picture that you had, I was talking about a little bit yesterday also, the picture that you had of how your house would be perfect, of how I'm yourself and, this, and your house and your project was going to be perfect, and it didn't work out the way that you wanted, and because of that, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to just forget about them, to throw them out. But the Baruch said, no, you didn't do that. Instead, you threw the luchas onto the floor. You put the Torah, you put your, Torah meaning, you put your, your demand of living up to the standard of Torah that you were hoping for and dreaming about. That's what it means. You put it, you put it, you threw it, you threw it down. You didn't hold on to that, you threw it down. And instead, you tried to think of, what could I do to save them? What could I do to keep them with me? And you, Moshe Rabbeinu, said, I don't care what happens. I, ma- I-, I made you an offer to build up a whole thing. And you said, I don't care from anything. I don't care what you're going to make. I'm not, I'm not interested in any deals. There's only one thing. Is, I'm the Raya Mehimna. I'm their shepherd. I'm their, I'm their Rebbe. I'm their father. I, I'm not leaving them. And if they go down, I go down with them. So, I'm not leaving them. And on that, what Moshe Rabbeinu did, the only thing that Hashem Hezbollah said about Moshe Rabbeinu the husband, Hashem also Moshe and he called Yisrael, that he broke the luchas and the Baruch said, Ah, Yashakaychach HaShashibarata. From his whole life. That was the Yashakaych that Hashem Hezbollah gave him. That Shishibarata. And I told the story, so I'll just take a minute. That once on Simcha's Torah, since 
this is part of this is Lubavitcher Rebbe's Torah. So I'll tell you a nice from Lubavitcher Rebbe. There was Simchus Torah, and it was very, very, very labor. They called the Rikudim, the Hakafis, and so on. And I saw in the Sefer that uh, the Rebbe Zalman Gurariyeh, was dancing with the Sefer Torah. He was already a very old man, and it was very hot. And, he, and to begin with, he wasn't a strong person. And that which we always are worried about and terrified actually happened. And, and this Rebbe Zalman fell down with the, with the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah fell out of his arm. So what happened was that the Chassidim that was standing there, everybody, everybody gave a, a gasp, and the Chassidim jumped to, to pick up the Sefer Torah. Lubavitcher was watching this whole thing from where he stood. He was watching the Akafas. Lubavitcher screamed out to them, What's for the... Leave the, leave the Sefer Torah. Rezalman. Reb Zalman fell down. He hurt him. He's hurt. Reb Zalman fell down. Well, say, pick up the Sefer Torah. The guys will get the Sefer Torah. But Kaidim is Reb Zalman. And the Rebbe said afterwards, he says, the Rebbe says, no, what kind of a Torah would be without Reb Zalman? What would be with the Torah if it didn't have Reb Zalman? That's what he said. You're jumping to run after the Torah with all the frumkite. With everything that comes with the Torah, you're jumping, you're running after that. Where Reb Zalman is dying. That's the story of our generation, understand? There's no other way to explain what's happening in our institutions, in our lives. With all the frumkite, with everything, running after the Sefer Torah, in the meantime, Rebbe Zalman, for who the Torah was created, and the Torah was given, is lying on the floor. The, the, the sign of our time, and all that we're talking about is to make that decision. Not, God forbid, to let go of the Torah, to throw down the Torah in our lives, Khalilah. Our whole existence is to uphold the Torah, just as it was Moshe Rabbeinu's. But to be very, very, very careful <coughs> to know at what point Khalilah are we leaving Rabbi Zalman on the floor <coughs> and running after the Torah and forgetting that the whole tachlis of the Torah is that there should be Rabbi Zalman all the future, Rabbi Zalman's and so on in the world. The avoider that we're in now, and this avoider of of the chabur we're talking, having these having these shmuzen, <coughs> is to be able to remain focused on what the tachlis of creation is. And those parents who were maslech, they kept it. They, they afterwards, because uh, after Shabbos, I spoke to them in Baruch Hashem, they kept them there for Shabbos. And they, talking to him and they're working on it it meant a lot to him that they didn't throw him out I spoke to the boy this past week and I told him look your parents you see your parents how much they love you they tore up the ksuba they, they, they threw down the luchas for you you know how hard it is for them because they love you your boy wants to get help he's a good boy they're all good Hashem is much help that we shouldn't have to have any more broken luchas we should be zayichim as Hashem that each one of our Children should stay home, and those who have left home should return home, so that all of us can return home to be with the Kaddish Baruch Hu Yishlaim, with the Gulashon Ba'amitis. Maybe I'm in on me. Amen. Amen. Amen.